الحمد لله رب العالمين الرحمن الرحيم مالك يوم الدين اللهم لك الحمد وإليك المشتكى وأنت المستعان وبك ثقة وعليك التكلان ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم لا سهل إلا ما جعلته سهلا وأنت تجعل الحزن إذا شئت سهلا اللهم صل وسلم على سيدنا وحبيبنا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه وسلم Inshallah ta'ala, this is our third session uh, of our weekly tafsir. Uh, we are going through the tafsir of Surah Al-Baqarah. Previously, we uh, talked about the ayats that were speaking about the hypocrites or the munafiqun, and how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about their characteristics, and how we as believers should avoid those mannerisms. We spoke about some of the examples and the parables Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us um, to understand more and have more insight of the psyche of the munafiqeen and how they were in relation to the Qur'an. We spoke about how they were people that had a sickness in their heart, that they had doubt over whether the Qur'an is right or wrong, and that they were people that were unsure of their faith. And if you have uncertainty in your faith, then that doesn't mean you're a Muslim. You can claim to be a Muslim, but true believers must have sincerity and certainty in their heart. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, when he described the believers in the verses that he does in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, among the things Allah describes them as is that they have faith, yu'minun bil ghaib, but also wuhum bil yuqinun, that they have yaqeen in akhirah, that they have certainty. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, of course, spoke about the al-kafirun, the disbelievers, the outright disbelievers who don't hide the fact that they're disbelievers. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about their faith and, uh, the, and, and where they end up. May Allah protect us. When Allah says, وَلَهُمْ عَذَابٌ عَظِيمٌ Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the munafiqun and uh, also that they are just like the uh, kafirun. They are just like the disbelievers. The only difference is that they claim to be Muslim. And we also briefly mentioned that the munafiqs they had different reasoning for why they claimed to be Muslim. So for example, during the time of the Prophet ﷺ, some of them did it because they thought that proclaiming to be Muslim would give them some safety and security among the Muslim ummah and the Muslim community and the Prophet ﷺ. Others had other uh, ulterior motives and they were either spying or they were plotting and planning against the Prophet ﷺ. And Allah speaks about them extensively in the Qur'an. So although the munafiqun were different, some were outright kuffar from the inside and said they were Muslims from the outside. Others had shak in them and doubt. Sometimes they might have some iman and other times they don't. And Allah spoke about them as well. Al-Muhim, the munafiq is the one that hides his kufur but claims to be Muslim. One thing to also keep in mind is that munafiqs exist today as well this is not something that was specific to the time of the prophet if people that hide their faith their kufr and they proclaim to be muslims existed during the time of the prophet then there is even more of a reason that they would exist today and they definitely do may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not make us among those may allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant us sincerity now after allah told us about the believers and their characteristics Then Allah told us about the kuffar Then Allah told us about the munafiqun Now Allah Almighty will be addressing them all Which is why we are starting our session at verse 21 Verse 21 Where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is addressing everyone Allah says Ya ayyuhannas u'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum Walladhina min qablikum La'allakum tattaqoon Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says Ya ayyuhannas O mankind. So this is a call to all of mankind. So it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter if you're an Arab or not an Arab. Allah is addressing all of mankind. Ya ayyuhan nas. U'budu rabbakum alladhi khalaqakum. Worship your Lord. Alladhi khalaqakum who has created you. Walladhina min qablikum and has created those who came before you. لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you may attain taqwa. Or لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ 
so that you may save yourself and protect yourself from the hellfire. This is literally the first commandment you come across when you read the Quran from the Fatiha. Every single verse that we came across so far, it did not have a command from Allah in it. The first command that we come across, the first amr, is قوله تعالى يَا أَيُّهَا النَّاسُ أُعْبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ O mankind, worship your Lord. So from here we understand, if someone asks you, what is the first commandment in the Quran? And you would say the first commandment in the Quran is a call towards the worship of Allah Almighty. Allah says, أُعْبُدُوا رَبَّكُمْ Worship your Rabb. Now when you hear the word Rabb in the Quran, it is referring to Allah Almighty. And what Rabb means is, الْخَالِقُ الْمَالِكُ الْمُتَصَرِّفِ It is Allah the Creator. It is Allah the owner of everything. It is Allah the one who controls everything. It is as if Allah is telling us, O mankind, worship the one who has created you. O mankind, worship the one who owns everything and owns you. O mankind, worship the one who has control of all affairs and has control over your life as well. U'budu rabbakum. And then Allah says, الَّذِي خَلَقَكُمْ This Rabb that has created you. Just you? No. وَالَّذِينَ مِنْ قَبْلِكُمْ And those who came before you as well. Like Adam and Hawa and all the other creation. And all of the other people that existed before us and those who will exist after us as well. Allah is the creator. Why should we worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? What do we gain from worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Allah says, لَعَلَّكُمْ تَتَّقُونَ So that you may protect yourself. The word taqwa comes, uh, is from al-wiqaya or waqayat or ittiqa. It is to protect yourself from something. Uh, to protect yourself from something. This is why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word tattaquna, referring to protecting yourself. Okay, فَتَتَّقُونَ إِنْ كَفَرْتُمْ How will you protect yourself from hellfire if you disbelieve? يَوْمَ يَجْعَلُ الْوِلْدَانَ شِيبًا So, the word tattaqoon here is referring to protecting yourself from the adab of Allah, the hellfire. The same hellfire that we have just discussed, that we said, or Allah said, that the kuffar will enter and the munafiqun will enter. How do you protect yourself from that? Worship Allah alone. Worship Allah alone. One more time. Ya nas, O mankind. U'budu rabbakum. Worship your Lord. Alladhi khalaqakum who has created you. Walladhina min qablikum and those who came before you. La'allakum tattaqoon so that you may protect yourself from the hellfire. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will start in the following verse telling us among the reasons why we should worship him. Why he is the only one worthy of our worship. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alladhi ja'ala lakumul arda firashan. It is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who has made the earth for us a firash. A firash. What does the word firash, ikhwani fillah, mean? It means a bedding, a resting place. Allah has made this earth for us a place where we can rest. It is He who has made for you the earth a bedding, a resting place. And the sky has made for you a ceiling. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is describing this earth as a home for us that He has given us. It is a home for you. It is a resting place for you. In it you rest. In it you work. In it you live your life. Allah is saying, جَعَلَ لَكُمُ الْأَرْضَ فِرَاشًا We have made the earth like a firash for you. Firash is the place where you rest, not too hard, not too soft. It's a place where you can enjoy your life, live your life. وَالسَّمَاءَ بِنَاءً And Allah says, we have created the sky as a ceiling for you. طَيِّبْ وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً And Allah then said, and we have brought forth rain, or sent down rain from the heavens, from the sky, for you. So now Allah is describing rain from the sama. وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً Why? فَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ And because of this rain, Allah brought forth therewith fruits as a provision for you. So here Allah is telling us what He did for us. Allah created us. Allah then made this world for us. And we'll find out towards the last ayah in our lesson today where Allah says this whole world is for you. وَالَّذِي خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا so here Allah is saying, firashan. It is He who has made the earth for you, a resting place, a bedding, a firash. And the heavens, a sky. I mean the sky, a ceiling. 
And Allah says, وَأَنزَلَ مِنَ السَّمَاءِ مَاءً And Allah has brought rain from the heavens فَأَخْرَجَ بِهِ مِنَ الثَّمَرَاتِ رِزْقًا لَكُمْ And then he has brought forth fruits because of that rain from the earth رِزْقًا لَكُمْ In provision for you. All of this is for you and me and all of Allah's creation. So what is the last thing we should be doing? فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا And do not, do not give Allah equals. Do not give Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala equals. فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا وَأَنْتُمْ تَعْلَمُونَ While you know, know what? Know that only He is worthy of worship. Know that only Allah has created you. So don't give Allah partners in worship. Don't give Allah any equals in your uh, worship, in your uh, gratitude, because Allah has given you all of these aforementioned things. So if you're going to be grateful, be grateful to Allah. If you're going to make dua, make dua only for Allah. Do not give Allah equals in any type or form of worship. This is the first prohibition that we come across in the Quran. What's the first commandment? Worship your Lord. Now, in the following verse, فَلَا تَجْعَلُوا لِلَّهِ أَنْدَادًا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, and do not give Allah any andad, any equals. There are many hadiths that refer to this word, nid. One time, a man came to the Prophet wasallam and asked him, what is the worst sin one can do? And the Prophet said, and تَجْعَلَ لِلَّهِ نِدًّا To give Allah a equal. Allah has no equal. لَيْسَ كَمِثْلِهِ شَيْءٍ No one is like Allah. No one is worthy of worship except Allah. لَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهِ طيب. So, here we learn what? We learn that Allah is teaching us that this earth is a place for you to rest, to eat from, to, to um, enjoy. It is a place that protects you. You should be thanking someone. Who should you be thanking? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You should be worshipping someone. Who should you be worshipping? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it's teaching you that among the reasons why we worship Allah is because of all of the good Allah has given us. Right? Allah is showing us that He is our Rabb and our caretaker. It is Allah who has made the earth a, bed, a bedding for you, a resting place. In Surah Al-Musalat, Allah says, أَلَمْ نَجْعَلْ الْأَرْضَ كِفَاتًا أَحْيَاءً وَأَمْوَاتًا have you not made the earth enough for you? The living among you and the dead. So you live, you build your homes and your cities and your towns, as well as you bury your dead in it. All of humanity is prospering and benefiting from this earth that Allah has given them. This ayah also referring to Allah is the one that gives us provision. Don't give Allah any partners or equals in worship. While you know only Allah is worthy of worship. So now you have a basis of tawheed. You know who you should worship. And you know why you're worshiping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala starts speaking about the Quran and the Prophet. Allah says, وَإِن كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبْدِنَا And if you, O pagans, and if you, all oh, Jews and Christians, and if you, all oh, people, are in doubt of that which we have revealed upon our servant, if you are in doubt about the truthfulness, about what we have revealed upon our servant, who's the servant? Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam. Allah says, وَإِن كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبِ مِمَّا نَزَّلْنَا If you are in doubt, raib is doubt. We mentioned, we saw this word in the beginning of Surah Al-Baqarah, when Allah said, and that is the book in which there is no doubt. So the word raib is doubt. Among the benefits of learning the tafsir of the Quran, my brothers and sisters, is that you'll come across a lot of vocabulary and you will pick up these words. This is why among the best ways actually to learn Arabic and to become someone that understands a lot of different words is by going through the Quran and its meaning. And if you are in doubt about which we have revealed, Upon our abd, our servant. The word nazalna here, it implies that it's been revealed not once, but it's being revealed continuously. And the Prophet, we know the Quran wasn't revealed to him one time. It was revealed to him portion by portion over a period of 23 years. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is calling Prophet Muhammad his servant, his abd. This is the highest honor one could have. To be considered a true servant of Allah Almighty. If you are in doubt, and if you don't believe this is from Allah, 
then fa'tu bi suratin min mithlihi bring forth a chapter like it bring forth a surah like it one surah fa'tu bi suratin min mithlihi wad'u shuhada'akum and call your witnesses and your supporters and those who you worshiped call all of them to bring together one chapter like it you're claiming that this quran isn't from allah you're claiming that muhammad brought it himself you're claiming that it is from asatir al-awwalin of the tales of old you're claiming that it is sihr and magic you're claiming that it is poetry you're claiming that he's learned it from from other people if that is the case bring one surah like it this is known as the challenge that allah has given those who claim that the quran isn't from allah so uh, and we mentioned in our one of our previous sessions how this the first time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions in the Quran so the Isra towards the end لَإِنِ اجْتَمَعَتِ الْإِنسُ وَالْجِنُّ عَلَىٰ أَنْ يَأْتُوا بِمِثْلِ هَذَا الْقُرْآنِ لَا يَأْتُوا بِمِثْلِهِ وَلَوْ كَانَ بَعْضُهُمْ لِبَعْضٍ ظَهِيرًا Even if the jinn and the mankind come together to bring the Quran they will not be able to do so Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala posed this challenge to the disbelievers that deny the Quran and deny the Prophet to bring ashra suwarin to bring ten surahs and then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala finally said, فَأْتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِنْ مِثْلِهِ Bring one chapter. Right? And they never will. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, And if you are in doubt concerning that which we have sent down to Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam to our servant, then produce a surah of the like thereof. Similar surah. And ikhwani fillah, a lot of people, they misunderstand this. It doesn't mean that you just bring about nice rhyming poetry that is written in the similar style of the Quran and there you're done that's not what it means this Quran cannot be replicated it cannot be replicated in its meaning first and foremost it cannot be replicated in its wisdom it cannot be replicated in its nature it cannot be replicated in, 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 the, in the ayat that are in it that cannot be replicated in the fact that it prophesies things that will happen in the future it cannot be replicated because it talks about things that happened in the past. No one can replicate this Quran because it comes from Allah Almighty. So when people think, well, it's easy, just bring together nice sounding Arabic words and there you have it, there is so much more to it. Who can replicate this Quran in the effect it has on people's hearts? And you can just look at the seerah. You will find the Quraysh who hated the Prophet and hated Islam. They couldn't help themselves but be moved by the Qur'an to the point where they would cry and have tears. How many of the companions would enter into Islam just by hearing the Qur'an? This is why there is a narration of how Umar ibn Khattab became Muslim that the books of Sirah mentioned like uh, Ibn Ishaq and, and uh, Ibn Hisham they mentioned the story. Uh, it's actually, there are two stories of how Umar ibn Khattab became Muslim. This one is actually one that isn't as popular. And that is that one day the Prophet that Umar ibn Khattab it's a long story. Umar Khattab was among his companions and friends. He's not a Muslim yet. And they were looking for khamr to drink. And then uh, Umar goes to the khamar, but then he can't find him. He finds himself then uh, at the Kaaba and he decides to make tawaf. Very interesting how they went from khamr to tawaf. Al Muhim, then he starts making tawaf and he sees Rasulullah praying at the Kaaba. Now Umar ibn Khattab becomes really curious. This is, about, this, this is about six years now in the da'wah and he wants to hear what Prophet Muhammad is reciting. So he hides between the cloth of the Kaaba and, the, and the, uh, the, the wall. So he hides in there and he moves uh, alongside the Kaaba and it's at night of course and then until he is very near the, the Prophet and he can clearly hear the recitation of the Prophet ﷺ. and he's hiding under the cloth of the Kaaba listening to the Prophet and Umar al-Khattab was hearing these words the book of Allah, the Quran being recited by the Messenger of Allah and it brought him to tears he's standing there by himself in tears and in shock of the beauty of the profoundness of this Quran and it is there then where he stood there and until the Prophet finished his Salah then he follows him and then the Prophet sees him, Ibn al-Khattab, what do you want? And this is when he proclaimed his shahada. This is one of the qasas that is narrated of how he became Muslim. The other one is the more known one with uh, his sister Fatima. And how he saw, uh, he came upon them uh, reading. And then he finds out that they have accepted Islam. And then they give him, uh, he reads the parchment. 
that has Surah Taha in it and then he accepts Islam. The point is the Quran moved these people. That cannot be replicated by someone just writing down some some Arabic, nice Arabic poetry. This is not the case. This Quran cannot be replicated in its meaning and its wisdom. It comes from Allah Almighty. طيب. So Allah exposed this challenge. وَإِن كُنْتُمْ فِي رَيْبٍ مِمَّا نَزَلْنَا عَلَىٰ عَبْدِنَا If you are in doubt uh, concerning that which we have revealed upon our servant, فَأْتُوا بِسُورَةٍ مِثْلِهِ Bring a chapter like it. وَدْعُوا شُهَدَاءَكُمْ And call your witnesses. Call your witnesses. Call your supporters. Do it together even. You will never be able to do it. مِن دُونِ اللَّهِ Besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in kuntum sadiqeen if you are truthful. Fa'illam taf'alu. Allah then said in verse 24, And if you do not do this, if you don't do this, if you don't bring a chapter like it, meaning that you can't because this is from Allah Almighty, and you will never be able to do it, Allah says, Fa'illam taf'alu, if you won't be able to do it. And you never will be able to do it. And this is Allah telling us, they will never be able to replicate the Qur'an. They will never be able to imitate the Qur'an. They will never be able to bring a chapter like it, ever. Allah then subhanahu wa ta'ala says, النَّارِ Fear the fire. Fear the fire. You who is denying the Qur'an, you who is denying the messenger, you who don't want to obey Allah, if you truly are in doubt, bring a surah like it. If you can't, and you will never be able to do so, then fear the fire. Fear the fire. This fire and its fuel is people and stones. Fear the fire whose fuel is people and stones. And it is prepared for the disbelievers. So from this verse we learn a few things. One, we learn that Allah is telling us never will they be able to come with something like the Quran. We also learn that Allah is warning, warning, النَّارِ Fear the fire. A lot of times we hear the word Allah. Fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right, have piety and fear Allah and be conscious of Allah. Hear Allah saying النَّارِ Be conscious of the fire. Fear the fire. So for some people, they need to be reminded of the punishment for them to then think about their ways. So here Allah is saying, if you keep going upon this path of denying, this path of disobedience, this path of thinking that this is not from Allah, denying the Prophet ﷺ, denying this message of Allah, then fear the fire, النار, And then Allah describes the nar, this fire whose fuel is people and stones. Subhanallah. Allah mentioned people first. The scholars say this is to even make the warning and the threat even more severe. You're the main fuel of the fire. Fear Allah and don't be among those people. Walhijar and stones. Some of the ulama said the stones are referring to the idols they used to worship which will be used as fuel for the fire. And others said it just shows you how hot the fire is. It is not the fire that you know that is fueled by um, wood. This is a fire that is fueled by people and stones. May Allah protect you and I from it. U'iddat lil-kafirin, prepared for the disbelievers. Here, from this portion of the verse, we learn that the hellfire has been prepared, meaning it is created and exists already. It exists already. U'iddat lil-kafirin. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told, him, told us that we should worship him alone. Allah then told us why we should worship him and told us about the benefits or that he has given us and how Allah has taken care of us by giving us this world, this earth, the heavens, the rain, the provisions, the fruits, etc. Then Allah warned us the first prohibition of the Quran to not give Allah any equals, to not commit any shirk, worship him alone. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke about the messenger. And also from these verses you learn that the, the first two verses we took today, O mankind, worship Allah alone. And then Allah telling us about how He has created the heavens and the earth for us and everything in it. And it's, this is La ilaha illallah. And after that, when Allah is talking about how He has revealed the Quran from Prophet Muhammad وسلم, and they will never be able to replicate it, this is talking about who Muhammad is, Muhammad Rasulullah. So Allah is talked about and the Prophet has been talked about. Allah's right has been mentioned. And we also know that the Prophet is a servant of Allah Almighty sent by Him. We also now know that the Quran can never be replicated. We should fear the fire that is prepared for the disbelievers.
How can we protect ourselves from the fire? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in verse 25, وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِ مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ وَبَشِّرِ الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا O Muhammad, O Muhammad, give glad tidings and good news to those who have faith and iman وَعَمِلُوا الصَّالِحَاتِ and do righteous actions. Here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling us how we can save ourselves. You want to be saved from fire. Do these two things. Allah is telling our Prophet Muhammad, give glad tidings to those who have faith and do righteous actions. They believe what? What is their faith? What do they believe in? They believe in Allah, they believe in the Messenger, they believe in all of the Messengers, in the angels, in the world of the unseen, they believe in Qadr, they believe in the hereafter, they believe in all that they are told to believe in. Is that it? No. And they do righteous actions, they do the salawat, they give zakat, they fast Ramadan, they do the obligations, they do the sunnah and the recommended acts of worship. Those are the people whom glad tidings are given to. Those are the people who will be saved from the hellfire. What is the glad tidings? Allah says, أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ تَجْرِي مِنْ تَحْتِهَا الْأَنْهَارِ And give glad tidings to those who believe and do righteous good deeds, that for them will be gardens. أَنَّ لَهُمْ جَنَّاتٍ That for them will be gardens under which rivers flow. Allah Akbar. May Allah make us of those that dwell in paradise and live in these gardens and these castles and drink from these rivers that are flowing. Ya Rabbil Alameen. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions more detail about Jannah. So the first detail is they will go into Jannah and these Jannah Allah describes them tajri min anhar under it which flows rivers. Allah talks about more detail of these rivers in Surah Muhammad. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions their state kullama ruziqu minha min tamara. Every time they are provided from the Jannah with fruits. They will say, is this the one we were given before? And they will be given things in resemblance. Here, Ikhwani Fillah is referring to a very important point. And when you really absorb, absorb it and understand it, it shows you the greatness of Jannah. May Allah make us of those under Jannah. Allah is telling us here, Every time the people of Jannah are given something to eat, they are given the fruits. When they are provided fruit, here you learn, you're not looking for them in Jannah. In Jannah, you don't have to go shopping, you don't have to look for what you're going to eat, it comes to you. When they are provided a fruit therefrom, from the Jannah, they will say, this is the one that we were given before, because they look like the one they were given earlier. And they will be given things in resemblance, very similar. One of the other scholars, when referring to this ayah, they say, what this is referring to is that in Jannah, you will be given something to eat, a fruit, for example. And when you eat that fruit, you will love its taste, something that you have never tasted before. Like the Prophet said to us in a hadith, Allah has prepared for Jannah. That in Jannah Allah has prepared something that no one has heard of And no one has seen And no one has thought of So the, when we are enjoying in Jannah May Allah make us of those that go to it You will be given a fruit And when you are given that fruit And you eat from it Later on you will see you'll, You will be given the same fruit Looks the same And then you're like Is this the one that I had before But then you taste it And it's different It's even better And the scholars they say from the benefits of this is that the taste is always becoming better. It's always getting better. It's never the same. This is showing that the pleasure in Jannah is increasing and getting more and more and more. So you eat from one thing, the next time you come to it, it tastes, it tastes even better and different. And then Allah mentions, and in Jannah, Allah will give them purified spouses. And they will abide in there forever. So, what are the descriptions that Allah has given Jannah in this particular verse? After Allah tells the Prophet, 
Give glad tidings to those who believe وعملوا الصالحات and do righteous actions أن لهم جنات تجري من تحتها الأنهار that for them will be gardens under which rivers flow كلما رزقوا منها whenever they are provided uh, from the food they're in قالوا هذا الذي رزقنا من قبل the people of Jannah will say is this the same food we were given before وأتوا به متشابها and what is provided for them and given to them is something that resembles it in the same form but is different in the taste and then Allah said, وَلَهُمْ فِيهَا أَزْوَادٍ And in the Jannah, they will have purified wives, purified spouses. What are they purified from? They are purified from uh, any physical defects. They are purified from any spiritual defects. They are pure in every meaning of the word. They are pure from illness they are pure from becoming tired they are pure from anything that we would find unsanitary they don't need to go to the toilet they don't have monthly cycles they don't have any of the stuff that they were worried about this dunya everything about them is good everything about them is beautiful everything about them is amazing everything about them is purified and similarly to the character their character is purified they don't get angry they don't get jealous they don't get upset they are pure in every sense of the word. May Allah make us among those that are enjoying those spouses who are pure. May Allah make us of those that are enjoying these fruits and these different types and different tastes. Ameen Ya Rabbil Alameen. The best part of Jannah. Is it a few days? Is it just a break that you take it and you're coming back? No. Wahum fiha khalidun. And they shall have they will abide therein forever. Among the greatest things about Jannah is the fact that it is It is a blessing that will never end This is why the choice of the one who chooses dunya over akhirah Is a choice that doesn't make sense Why would you live your life on this earth, in this dunya In a way that is defiant and disobedient to Allah To lose out on a Jannah and a blessing that will Go on forever. This is something we all have to ask ourselves. After this, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna Allah la yastahyi an yadriba mathalan ma ba'udatan fama fawqaha. Here, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to something that we already spoken about in our previous lesson. If you guys can remember, in our previous lesson, when we were speaking about the hypocrites, Allah gave two parables, two examples. One of them was when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said The example or the likeness of the hypocrite Is like the one who lit a fire There was a darkness and they lit a fire And then when they lit that which was surrounding them Allah took away that light and left them in darkness So this is a parable, an example Now what these examples do is They give you a picture of what is being talked about It paints for you a picture the person, the munafiq, is like one who was in a dark place. A fire was lit. They would, be, they, they found the warmth of the fire. They found the light, and then all of a sudden, all of that was taken away from them. This is referring to how they had some comfort in this world, but in the hereafter, they will be treated like the disbelievers that they were. So Allah gave a parable. It's an example to, to for you to understand the concept of the hypocrites even more. Now, these parables, ikhwani fillah, they are there to help us understand. So, when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses them a lot in the Qur'an, they are known as amthalul Qur'an. Right? When Allah gives an example, so the one who does this is like the one who does this. The Allah, Allah of times gives an example, the world you live in is like this and this and this. Right? So, these examples and parables, scholars have compiled them and turned them into books. They are beautiful parables and beautiful examples. Now, remember earlier when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala told us that they will never be able to bring something like the Qur'an, the disbelievers of Quraysh and, and the Yehud and the Nasara, when they couldn't bring something like the Qur'an, they started criticizing the Qur'an. And among the ways they criticized was, they said, why does Allah keep giving examples like this? Especially further along in the Qur'an, you will find Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala referring to a fly or a spider 
when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions, for example, the spider web and that the, uh, or Allah in Surah Al-Ankabut, there's a whole chapter in the, the chapter of Ankabut. Ankabut is a spider. Or in Surah Al-Hajj towards the end, Allah gives an amazing parable of those that are being worshipped, that they can't do anything for themselves. Even if a fly took something from them, they can't get it back. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala used an example with a fly, another time with a spider. So then the kuffar, they said, what kind of God uses these lowly examples? Why is Allah referring to a spider and a, and a, um, a, a fly? And why is the Quran filled with these types of parables? This doesn't sound like the speech of God. What is this? So they're trying to criticize this. So in this following verse, Allah Almighty is responding to them. And Allah says, here, إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said verily Allah is not ashamed Allah does not shy away from uh, Allah does not shy away to set an example or to give an example or to give a parable even if it's about a mosquito or something that is even smaller a mosquito or even smaller. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't shy away from giving an example, even if it's a ba'udah. Ba'udah is a mosquito. Fama fawqaha, or that which is even smaller. So here the scholars, they said, fama fawqaha. Fawq means above. So that which is above it, does that mean above and beyond, as in even if it's smaller than a ba'udah? Or above it, meaning Allah doesn't shy away from giving an example, even if it's a mosquito, anything that is bigger, like the fly and the spider that we mentioned. Either way, here Allah is telling us, these examples, these parables, they are for you to listen to them, and to understand what Allah is making this example about. So earlier, the person that was litting the fire in the darkness, and then it became dark, was referring to the, the munafiq. So this paints a picture for you. And similarly, all the other examples as well. So this was just them trying to criticize the book of Allah. And Allah then talks about how are the people in relation to these powerful examples from Allah Almighty. There are two camps. As for those who have faith, those who are pure-hearted, those who want to listen to Allah Almighty and obey Him, they know that these parables, these examples are the truth from their Lord. When they hear the Quran, their iman increases. When our verses are recited upon them, Allah said, it increased their faith. That's one camp. The other camp, as for those who disbelieve, they will say, What did Allah intend by using these things as an example and a parable? Allah will, by this example, mislead many. Many will be misled through these parables by disbelieving in them. And Allah is referring here to the kuffar. Allah misleads thereby some وَيَهْدِي بِهِ كَثِيرًا and guides many by these examples and these parables. وَمَا يُضِلُّ بِهِ and Allah does not mislead through these examples except who? الْفَاسِقِينَ those who are the fusaq or the fasiqeen that they finally rebelliously disobedient. So here you learned that whenever Allah gives an example whenever Allah gives a parable what are you supposed to do? Like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said وَتِلْكَ الْأَمْثَالَ نَضْرِبُهَا لِلنَّاسِ وَمَا يَعْقِلُهَا إِلَّا عَالِمُونَ and these are the examples and the parables that we give to the people. And it's not understood except by those who have knowledge. The people of knowledge and faith, they benefit from them. They absorb them. They understand them. They believe in them. The people of disbelief, they will reject them. They will try and criticize them. And this is what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is referring to in this ayah. إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يَسْتَحْيِي أَنْ يَضْرِبَ مَثَلًا مَا بِقُوَّةً فَمَا فَوْقَهَا Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not shy away from striking an example of even of a, a mosquito or that which is smaller. One thing to remember is whenever Allah describes himself with an attribute, here we have the attribute of, of al-haya, la yastahi. We believe in this attribute without likening Allah to his creation, nor without us denying this attribute. This is the way of the uh, Ahl Sunnah. Whenever Allah tells us He is like this or Allah does something, we believe in it. We believe in it and we have certainty in it. And we don't liken Allah ever to His creation. 
you know, be never alike in Allah to His creation, and understand from these words that they are exactly the way the creation are. When Allah tells us that Allah gets angry, يغضبو, we don't say this is the anger like the creation. Similarly, we don't deny this attribute and say, no, 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 this is, we believe in it, and that's the way of the Ahl Sunnah, those who follow the Sunnah. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not shy away from striking an example and giving a parable even if it's a mosquito or that which is smaller. And the people are two camps. As for those who believe, they have knowledge that this is truth from their Lord. As for those who disbelieve, they will say, What did Allah want from this parable? Why did Allah intend by this parable? Why did Allah use this example? So, their relationship with the Quran is one of questioning and criticizing. Allah will mislead thereby some, and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, many, and Allah will guide many through these examples. And the only one who are misled by these are the defiantly rebellious and disobedient. The word fasiq is referred to here. Fasiq, something that perhaps you've heard of. Al-fasiqun. This word fasiq, it linguistically means to leave something. Kharaja. Kharaja. Fafasiq an amri rabbi. A kharaja. Right? It is to leave something. This is why uh, even the, the, uh, the Arabs used to call the rat or the, the mouse fawaisiq, the little fasiq, if you will, because it keeps getting out of these little holes. And uh, also that they are, uh, the fasiq is then from a shari'i perspective, the one who leaves the obedience of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the one who leaves the disobedience of Allah Almighty. So, and also fasiq can be the one who leaves the disobedience of the, the obedience of Allah through disbelief, so it can refer to the kuffar, or the one who disobeys Allah but is still a believer. Both are seen as fasiq, right? So sometimes the word is used, so you have to look at the context. When Allah says, "Well, kafirunahum al-fasiqun," for example, uh, uh, or um, when Allah says that the kuffar are, are the fasiqs, then that's referring to them, and sometimes Allah is referring it to the believers who disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. May Allah forgive us all. Allah then describes the fasiqeen. Allah describes those who disobey. Those who disobey, who are they? And what are some of their characteristics? In verse 27, Allah says, الَّذِينَ يَنْقُضُونَ أَهْدَ اللَّهِ They are those who break Allah's covenant. After it has been affirmed. And they cut that which Allah has told them to join, uh, to, to keep joined. And they cause corruption on the earth. They are indeed the losers. So those who break Allah's covenant, what is this covenant referring to? The scholars have many examples that they give and, and tafsirs of this covenant. The first one, of course, is the worship of Allah. You promised that you were going to worship Allah and you promised that Allah is your Lord. When did you do this? You did this before you were even brought into this earth. And in Surah Al-A'raf, Allah mentions this and there are many ahadith as well. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, before He even created us, He brought us all forth. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala spoke to all, every single one of us. Allah took us out of the back of Adam alayhi salam and brought forth all of His progeny, all of mankind, all of His descendants. And then Allah Almighty said to them, Alastu bi rabbikum, am I not your Lord? And we all said, Bala. Yes, you are, O Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now that covenant that we agreed and we said, we, Allah is our Lord, this is the original covenant. Right? And then Allah says, Min ba'di mithaqihi after has been affirmed. How has it been affirmed? Bi irsali rusul wa inzali kutub. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then sent us messengers. Allah sent down books. All to reaffirm that original promise that only Allah is our Lord and only Allah is worthy of our worship and devotion. This covenant, this mithaq, is the fitrah. This is why it is imprinted in each one of us and we are automatically, it's imprinted in us and we have an inclination towards Allah Almighty to recognize Allah. So it's very important that you understand that we already made this promise to Allah. And Allah then reaffirmed this promise by sending us messengers to remind us of this original promise. 
Also, the scholar said that the ahad is referring to every single commandment Allah has given you. When Allah tells you to pray, this is the ahad. When Allah tells you to give charity, this is the ahad. Right? So those who don't do that are breaking that promise and that covenant that they gave to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Father ulama, they said it is referring to al-amru wal-nahyu wal-halalu wal-haram. The covenant that they are breaking is the awamir, the commandments, the prohibitions, the halal and the haram. Allah tells you this is halal or this is haram and you just do it. Allah commands you, you don't do it. Allah prohibits you, you do it. يَنْقُضُونَ أَهْدَ اللَّهِ They are breaking the covenant that they were in with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala مِنْ بَعْدِ مِيثَاقِ After it had been affirmed. Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, Is that all they do? No. وَيَقْضَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُوصُلُ And they cut that which Allah told them to keep uh, uh, tied or to keep joined up. This is talking about uh, uh, many things. The scholars say, what did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tell us to not cut off? First and foremost is our relationship with Allah Almighty. فَيَقْضَعُونَ صِرَتُهُمْ بِاللَّهِ سُبْحَانَهُ وَتَعَالَى So they cut ties with their relationship with Allah Almighty. So, يَقْضَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِيَنْ يُوصُلُ What you have been told to keep, what you have been commanded to keep uh, uh, the ties with is your Lord. What you have been commanded to keep ties with is the commandments of your Lord. What you have been commanded to keep ties with is your family and your relatives. What you have been commanded to keep ties with is your parents. Everything you have been commanded, you are supposed to keep ties with. Other scholars have said this, this is particularly referring to the relatives, those who cut ties with their relations, with their relatives. And this is among the first sign that you are a fasiq. Because your relatives and your family members have a right over you. وَيَقْضَعُونَ مَا أَمَرَ اللَّهُ بِهِ أَنْ يُصَلُ وَيُفْسِدُونَ فِي الْأَرْضِ And they cause mischief in the earth. So this is another thing, they cause corruption. And there's no greater corruption than disobeying Allah Almighty. There's no greater corruption than not obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. أُولَٰئِكَ هُمُ الْخَاسِرُونَ And that's what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said. They are truly the losers. It is they who are truly the losers. What are they losing out on? They're losing out on what we just mentioned in verse 25. The Jannah and its fruits and the purified spouses and the fact that you are going to be in Jannah in eternity. They're losing out on all of that. And they're losing out in dunya by not fulfilling their purpose which is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone. الذين يقضون عهد الله They are those who uh, are breaking the covenant. من بعد ميثاقه After it was affirmed. ويقطعون ما أمر الله به أن يوصل And they cut that which they were told to keep relations with. ويفسدون في الأرض They cause corruptions on the earth. أولئكم الخاسرون They are the ones who are the losers. Then Allah poses a question. كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ How is it possible that you are denying Allah? كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ How is it possible that you can disbelieve in Allah after we have given you so many signs, after we have made the earth for you a bedding, after we have given you uh, the, the skies as a ceiling, after we have brought rain down, after we have provided you from these fruits, after we have sent you messengers, after we have sent you this book, how can you still disbelief كَيْفَ تَكْفُرُونَ بِاللَّهِ وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا and Allah says how can you disbelieve وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا and you were at one point lifeless فَأَحْيَاكُمْ and then Allah brought you to life this is the first here is referring to كُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا you were lifeless meaning you didn't exist فَأَحْيَاكُمْ then Allah brought you into existence ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ and Allah will take your life away from you when you die then Allah will bring you back to life on the day of resurrection and then you will return to him Allah Almighty if you know you're going to return to Allah how can you disobey if you know eventually you're going to stand in front of Allah how dare you disbelieve this is not just a question Allah is posing the scholars say this is to, uh, to, to, to ask them in a harsh manner to show to warn them how dare you how dare you disbelieve? وَكُنْتُمْ أَمْوَاتًا And you were lifeless فَأَحْيَاكُمْ Then Allah gave you life ثُمَّ يُمِيتُكُمْ Then you will die ثُمَّ يُحْيِيكُمْ Then Allah will bring you back to life ثُمَّ إِلَيْهِ تُرْجَعُونَ And then you will be brought back to Allah Almighty And you will return to Him Finally Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says هُوَ الَّذِي خَلَقَ لَكُمْ مَا فِي الْأَرْضِ جَمِيعًا It is He, Allah Almighty, the one worthy of worship he has created for you ma fil ardi all that is on the earth. 
Jami'an, all of it. It is Allah who has created for you all that is on the earth. Then Allah turned to the heavens and <coughs> Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made them seven. And He is all knowing or the knower of everything. Okay, Ikhwan Ifillah, this ayah here. Let's deal with the first bit of the ayah first. Allah is telling us He is the one who has created everything for us. Everything. The earth was created for you. The trees were created for you. All that is on the earth was created for you. From this we understand, the scholars have uh, learned from this that most of what is on earth is halal. Because it's for us. Except for the few that Allah has made haram. Most of that which you can drink is halal. Except the few that Allah has made haram. Most of that which you can eat is halal. Except that which Allah has made haram. And the scholars derive the ruling from this, and that is al-aslu fil al-ibaha. That the, when we look at the things on the earth, the default position is that they are halal, unless proven otherwise. Unless proven otherwise. So, if you are somewhere in the jungle, and you come across a fruit that you have never seen before, unless it's poisonous, of course, may Allah protect you, but it is halal. And if someone tells you, wait a minute, this particular fruit or this particular fruit, this particular animal is haram to be consumed, he has to bring the evidence. Because we have this verse telling us Allah has created everything for us. So the scholar said, the one who declares something haram, they have to bring the evidence. If I say wine is haram, why? Because it is khamar, it is alcohol, this, this, this. Uh, uh, pork is haram, why? Because Allah said this, 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 right? So, this is how you uh, understand the principle is that everything is halal unless proven otherwise. The opposite is for worship. We say all worship is wrong unless proven it's right. A lot of people get confused by this because if I want to worship Allah Almighty, I can only do it in a limited way, in the way Prophet Muhammad taught us. So, everything that you do in regards to worship. You must bring evidence for it. If I tell you guys, I'm going to pray from now on, every day at 3 o'clock, between Asr and Dur, an extra prayer or whatever the case is, and I say, well, I'm going to do this, then you have to tell me, wait a minute, did the Prophet do this? No, then you shouldn't do it either. Whereas if I tell you something is haram or halal, the one that says haram has to bring the evidence. This is the ruling. It is Allah who has created for you. All that is on the earth. So this is the proof that the default position on things on the earth, food and, food and drink, etc., is halal, unless proven otherwise. Then Allah turned to the heavens. The word istawa here, some scholars will uh, uh, translate as Allah rose above his heavens. Um, but istawa ala means irtafa'a wa ala. Istawa ala. Ar-Rahmanu ala al-Arsh istawa. So when you say istawa ala, this is when you rose above. But when we say istawa ila, it means qasada. So we say, ثم استوى إلى السماء إذا Allah turned to the heavens or the sky فَسَوَّاهُنَّ سَبْعَ سَمَاوَاتِ And Allah made them seven. So they were not originally seven, but Allah made them seven heavens. وَهُوَ بِكُلِّ شَيْءٍ عَلِيمٍ And Allah is the knower of everything. Allah is the knower of everything. He knows what you're doing. He knows those of you that are obeying, those of you that are disobeying, those of you that are enjoying the halal, those of you that are uh, transgressing into the haram, Allah knows everything. Inshallah ta'ala, we're going to stop our lesson here today. Next week we'll start the qissa of Adam alayhi salam, verse 30. Barakallahu feekum.